I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to the PowerCat podcast, gopowercat.com's Kansas State Athletics show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC studios, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to the PowerCat postgame review podcast, sponsored by Caddyshack Golf. Tim Fitzgerald, publisher of GoPowerCat.com, and our football analyst, Brian Hanley, who played on those terrific 1997 and 98 K-State teams as an offensive guard and now lives in Texas and shares his knowledge of college football with us as our football analyst. Caddyshack Golf, where caddy with two T's. Visit caddyshackgolf.com for all of your officially licensed golfing Willie apparel accessories and more. Use code GPC for free shipping on your next order. Tim Fitzgerald, Brian Hanley. As we convene on a Sunday to discuss Kansas State's 31-23 victory over Southern Illinois, a team we knew was pretty good coming in, and then everything went off course in the course of the game with Skylar Thompson's injury. And I guess, Brian, that's probably where we should start. Skylar looked pretty good, had another interception at the start of the game, um, and It all seemed to be on track, though. Despite that interception, K-State was dominating. The crowd was rocking. It felt like a K-State football game. And then a freakish non-contact injury takes Skyler down and out. Early appearances are an ACL. We're hoping it's something less severe than that. But, boy, what an emotional moment in the stadium when the quarterback goes to the field they they know it's bad. He knows it's bad. He's crying. You can tell he's crying. Coach Kleiman goes out. Coach Kleiman loses it. Uh, this kid played two and a half games last year and had a severe injury. He plays one and one quarter games this year and has another injury. Man, life just isn't fair sometimes, Brian Hanley. It's just it's awful to see what happened to him. It is not fair. Football is a game of breaks, and sometimes you get the short end of the stick when it comes to that. And it is extremely unfortunate that this has happened to him again. Um, the, the bad thing is, is like, I mean, if you watch football, you know, non-contact injuries are never good. I mean, they're never good. They never end up well. But hopefully – Hopefully, it's something that, you know, maybe something that is not as severe. So that that's what I, I know we're all hoping for that. But it's just, man, I mean, what? I mean, you go through all of this and the injuries and COVID and you come back and you're playing well. And then this again, it's just, oh, my goodness. I mean, you know, I know. God has a plan, and I'm not trying to get religious on anybody. I know God has a plan, and you don't judge it, but sometimes that plan, you're just like, come on now. What's going on here? So, <laughs> Tell me about it, man. Ugh. Tell me about it. Yeah, sometimes yeah, you end up on a path, and you're like, well, I don't know why I'm here, but I'm here, so let's deal with it. And I feel awful right. for Skyler. I hope it's not as bad as it looked and as we all feared. Uh, we'll probably find out some on Monday when Coach Kleiman talks to the media on the Big 12 teleconference. But So he goes out, and we've been hearing a lot about Will Howard, how far he's come, how good he's looked in practice. And we saw no evidence of that. And I, I'm, I'm not trying to get on the young man, trash a young man, but boy, uh, maybe it was the coaches showing too much confidence in him, cold coming off the bench and putting him into situations where he was taking some high risk passes, but three turnovers in a row. And all of a sudden, a comfortable game turns into a 23 21 halftime deficit. Boy, it, it didn't look good at that point, Brian. Yeah, I mean, look, we're not here 
to bash on kids. We're not here to say this or that. We're here to commentate on a football game. And this was not well, – when Skyler went down – I mean, let's just call it what it is. Will Howard did not play well. Awesome. Now, I mean, he, he did not play well. Now, the offensive line and that sort of thing, you know, I guess they could have – and they ran the ball, but, I mean, you have to be able to throw the football down the field in a college football game. You have to be able to do that. And if you can't do that, I mean, you're not going to win many games. So we, we got to, he, we've just got to be better. He has to be better. You can't say, well, the line let him down and this or that. No, no, no. I mean, obviously you're going to have a breakdown here or there. That was fine. It was him. He's got to be better. And they got to put him in positions to be better too. They got to put him in, in positions to make plays, you know, and, but I get what they did the second half. I mean, they, they couldn't trust them. I mean, Tim, the throws were, I mean, he was hitting them in the chest and it just so happens that they dropped a few of them. I'm like, Oh my goodness. This is, this couldn't be worse. I feel so bad for him, but at the same time, Hey, you got to play better. It's your chance. You got to play. And everyone loves to have, have the backup quarterback come in. I mean, everyone right. wanted Will over Skyler. Then they were chanting for Rubley apparently to come in, and he's nowhere near ready to play. But um, everyone loves the backup until the backup actually steps on the field. But yeah. in defense of Will, now, look, he made some horrible throws. I mean, he, he had one interception that was awful. He probably should have had another interception. Uh, he just was off target. He, I think he got rattled from his bad start. But he also has his star running back who hasn't fumbled since his junior year in high school, apparently, cough up the ball right, right in the face of the end zone. And he also has his starting 60-year senior center Whew. absolutely whiff on a block. And before yeah. he hardly even has the ball in his hands, he's yeah. got a nose tackle on top of him, and he fumbles. Yeah. A lot of good quarterbacks that's going to happen to. There's some special quarterbacks that can elude that. But, man, that's the worst-case scenario for a quarterback is your center breaks down and the guy right feet from you gets to you immediately. And Correct. So it wasn't all his fault, but, boy, he did get rattled. And hopefully with a week to prepare and knowing he's going to be the guy and the coaches know they're going to have to make the game plan around him, Hopefully it'll be better against Nevada because if it isn't, this season's going to come apart again. Yes, yeah, we, he's got to get better. But you know what? Here's the 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 silver lining is maybe if that's you got that out of your system. Bad game, wasn't ready, wasn't expecting to go in when he did. Okay, fine. Let's regroup. Let's have a great week of practice. Understand what you know, and and this falls on the coaches too. Put plays in that he feels comfortable with. Put those kinds of things in. Do those things so we can all be comfortable, and we can still run the football. Now, the one thing, Tim, and I have to bring this up: you just lost your quarterback, and we all know that it was a bad injury. The first play from scrimmage, you run your backup quarterback in a quarterback run game. I'm like, hold on. What are we doing? We literally just lost our guy. We can't be running the backup quarterback here. I go, well, we got to, I mean, you got, we got to be smart about some stuff. You know, I know that's part of his game and I know that's part of our game, but as coaches, you have to say, okay, let's take a step back. What can we do and do well? And I think it, as much as it may have cost Will, you know, yesterday or not cost Will, but Will was caught off guard and didn't play well. I think the coaches got caught off guard too. Right. So we all just got to take a step back, look at it. Okay, we can be better. This is where we can be better. Let's be better here. Let's do these things and go from there. I think we'll be okay. My thought in the immediate moment was if you have the Wildcat in your offense, which I don't know that they do, here's a perfect time. You don't have to throw Will into the game, you know, uh, right at the face of the goal line. And if you want to run your quarterback, whoever your Wildcat is, with Malik Knowles, right. Deuce Vaughn, whomever you have chosen, just snap the ball directly to him and do it. And yep. don't put Will in that position. Nope. Exactly. But that's why I'm a journalist. I'm good at second guessing. <laughs> uh, he did settle in. He, he the coaches took the game off of his shoulders. And in our group text we have running amongst our employees, uh, I mentioned that it looked like they went into halftime. The offensive coaches spoke, and Courtney Messingham decided, look, we're going to turn this into a game about our running backs and our offensive line. 
going to take the pressure off Will. He's going to need to throw it a little bit, but that's not going to be the focus of what we're going to do in the second half. We're going to simply score enough points to win and hope the defense holds up, and that plan worked um, because the defense was incredible in the second half. Yes, they were. They, I mean, they, I mean, you can't, I mean, I know there were some points on the board and they gave up, they had some tackling issues, but that second half was a masterpiece. Uh, th- those guys, they, they played football. They played football. And they, I think they took it upon themselves to understand, hey, we're going to have to win this game because, you know, what's going on on the other side of the ball, we have to do our part in a little bit more. And they did it. So that I mean, defense played outstanding football. They just did, Tim. They played outstanding football. Yeah, it it strikes me that Daniel Green, of course, had to sit out the first half through the the uh, targeting foul he had against Stanford, and then he came in and the dude makes a world of difference for this defense. That there's yes, he does. He's the one position on the field, maybe quarterback, but the one position on the field I can look to and say the. The starter is a dramatic drop-off down to the backup, which isn't a shot at Nick Allen or anyone else. It's a it's a compliment to Daniel Green and how definitive and athletic he is as a middle linebacker, as an interior Correct. linebacker. He's very disruptive, and he was that from the very moment he stepped on the field. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he came out there just knocking people around, cover. I mean, did it all. Did exactly what we think that a linebacker at this level at Kansas State should be. He did that. And, you know, he makes a world of difference for us. He makes a world of difference for us. Um, It's like you said, it's not a slight to anybody else. It just shows you how good he is. And that's okay. You know, it's it's not his job to, to have to build depth. You know, his job is to go out there and play football the best of his ability, and that's what he's doing, and we need it. We need it. And if he's going to be out there, and, or not, I shouldn't say if he's going to be out there, when he is out there, we're at our best. And when we were at our best, you saw what this defense could be. And, you know, not to bring up any other kind of games or things of that nature, but we saw Stanford actually – put some points on the board this past week, Tim. So it gives me even more optimism that the K-State defense is a little bit for real because Stanford just just stomped USC and went up and down the field. I'm not that USC is some world beater, but I think this Kansas State defense has something here that we're going to have to start getting some respect on. I was going to save that for the second half, but let's just get into it. Stanford. Oh, I apologize. No, that's fine. Stanford <laughs> looked like rock stars against USC. <laughs> and, you know, teams get better between the first and second games. We we saw that with Bill Snyder. Sure. I think David Shaw's an awful lot like Bill Snyder, so I I kind of get it. He he got him he he was able to use the film and say, "Look, look at all the bad stuff we did against Kansas State. Let's fix that." But I do know this, uh Stanford didn't score against Kansas State till after Daniel Green was kicked out of the game. And Correct. Uh, Southern Illinois didn't score against Kansas State when Daniel Green was in the game. So I'm thinking if Daniel Green stays healthy and plays the entire season, (laughs) nobody's going to score against Kansas State, period. Uh, But Stanford uh, really helped K-State. I mean, that. Yes. there was people saying, well, Stanford was awful. I said that. They looked awful. Yep. Yep. They're not awful. They're 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 not not awful. awful. K-State made them look bad, and they turned around and played against a USC team that probably looked past them based on what happened in the K-State game, and they got taken to school because that 42-28 final score of that game isn't reflective of that game. I mean, eight eight of those points came in the final minute when USC scored a touchdown and converted a two-point conversion, but they were also down by a lot more in the second half. Stanford kicked their butt up and down the field, uh, and... I'll say this. I, I think Southern Illinois is a good team. So I think actually it's we've got a pretty good measurement of this team right now. When they're locked in and focused and they have a clear, concise game plan, they they can beat a, a Stanford team. But when they come yeah. home and they kind of wander off of that script because they had an injury or you know they've got a middle linebacker that can't play because of a suspension, it it's that fragile. It it just seems that yeah. fragile. This, these guys can't lose their focus and. And they lost their focus after the Skyler injury. We all did. Yep. Yep. 
So I, I guess I, I'm gonna I'm gonna punt this uh, bomb right into your backyard. See what you do with it. Uh, I think seeing your coach crying on the field for another player uh, oh. is difficult for the players yeah. to handle. You know, yeah, I, I thought that. You know, I was at the game and I saw that happen. And it, look, I understand you, you're emotional, and we're all emotional. You know, we all hated to see that, but. If you're the leader, it's kind of like the Superman, your dad situation. You have a, your dad. Nobody, I mean, your dad can do everything. You know, he, nothing can hurt him. Nothing can stop him. And then all of a sudden you see him get hurt or something and you're just destroyed. Same thing with a head coach. You know, they're the leader. You know, they're tough as nails, you know, whatever the case may be. And then all of a sudden you see him in a vulnerable position. Adults can't handle that. Yeah much less college kids can't handle that. They can't handle seeing their leader being that vulnerable. I'm not saying that coach shouldn't have done that. I'm not saying that right. because, you know, your emotions are your emotions. You're going to do what you're going to do. But you can't expect – I mean, we as fans can't expect our kids to to respond to that in such a, a manner that – I mean, they're just not going to do that. Like I said, adults can't handle those situations, much less – kids they they can't handle that and it was just too much and it took a while to, to get past it it just took a while i mean guys i mean they can't figure that out they're not you know we're we're not equipped to deal with that kind of stuff a lot of times so um no fault of their own you're right about that you you're i, I thought that tim but i didn't want to bring that up and i'm glad <laughs> you did because it's a it's a it's a big deal i mean it was a big deal um again no fault of anybody it just something that happened right and I don't want people to take this like I'm being critical of Coach Kleiman. No, it was a no. very human, emotional moment. A moment Absolutely. that he had really no control of. Uh, he, Correct. He's really invested in this young man, and he knows what he went through. We we don't know. We have a general sense of what he went through. Chris Kleiman saw what he went through from the moment he was injured last year to this moment and all he did to come back and see that all go away. It had to be incredibly painful. I'm not being critical of coach Kleiman for doing it. I'm just talking about the ramifications of what happened in a very natural moment. And uh, I'll say this K-State won the game. So, you know, that that ended up being a non non-factor at the end of the day you win or you lose uh, you know that's right i mean that's exactly we can look right. back at this game nine games from now and maybe we'll have context that that was the chinks in the armor and that's why k-state went you know four and eight whatever and or we might look back at this just like we did i mentioned this in my post-game walk and talk like 2011 when k-state almost lost yep. to eastern kentucky and won 10 to 7 by season's end that meant jack crap other than k-state won it didn't That's mean anything. Right. It had no context. That's so right. I, I don't really know that there's really any severe context to what happened. It's not. It's not like Chris Kleiman's going to, you know, turn into uh, John Boehner who cried at every moment sure. in Congress. You know, it's like right. it's, it's not going to be one of those things. But <laughs> it, it was really yeah. difficult, and I think you felt it. I totally forgot you were yep. at the game, um, and uh, it kind of sucked the life out of the crowd, didn't it? It absolutely did. I mean, it absolutely it, it happened before the football play was even over. I mean, it just like everybody went silent. I mean, you know, you, you see those kinds of injuries. I mean, football is a game of injuries. It, it happens. That's what happens, you know, with football. At the same time, it's like you don't want to see your quarterback get hurt. You don't want to see anybody get hurt. But a kid that that has done so much to get himself back in position to play. And then for him to get hurt again, it, it, it literally sucked the life out of the stadium. It just sucked the entire life out of the stadium. You felt it everywhere. And it, it, it never really, it never came back either. It never came back. You know, I mean, we, we, we tried to get loud. We got loud at times that we thought we should and, and, and all that, but it never, it didn't have the same atmosphere, never had the same feel. Uh, and that's unfortunate. It's just, it was unfortunate for the kids. Big game, first game back with, uh, with all the fans. And, and it was loud at the beginning. I mean, it was great atmosphere. 
and then for that to happen, it was just so unfortunate. It really was. It was it was a sniper moment. You know, he didn't get yep. hit. All of a sudden, he was just down, and you're like, "How did this happen?" It was, it was right. Like a sniper got him in the knee, and down he went. Let's let's hope he's for the best. But I'll say this: the kids found a way to be resilient, and yep. it was a very for me, it was a very K State football moment in the second half. And here's here's why I say that. People are very confused sometimes about the nickname Lynch Mob, and they're going by mob mentality now to, to set that aside. But the whole spirit of that for the defense was intended to be the guys that when things aren't going the way they should in the Old West, they take care of business. They, they go Correct. out and enforce the law that needs to be enforced. Now, there's a lot of connotations there. I get it. But um, that's what it was, and that's exactly what the defense did. They went to the locker room and said, boys, we got issues on the offensive side. They're not playing well now. We're behind. We got to take control of this game. And that's exactly what the mob did. They took over the game. Nevada, not Nevada. The uh, SIU moved the ball, but Mm -hmm. they never could score. And then uh, Felix DK just took over the game with three sacks and two forced fumbles. That's what the mob mentality is all about, isn't it? Yes, it is. Absolutely. That's exactly what it's about. Because, look, I was here, here, K-State. I was there when, you know, when at the peak, you know, yeah. literally at the peak of all of it. And there were times when we couldn't move the football as an offense. And literally the defense would take over a football game, just completely take over the football game, wiped out the offense, and then we could finally get ourselves going. And that's what happened yesterday. I mean, defense just literally just took it over. Moving the ball is one thing. And you're going to give up yards. I mean, you can't stop people from getting yards in a football game. I mean, it's literally impossible. So you gave up some yards. But they were as physical as what they needed to be and just completely stopped them. I mean, and when you have a guy that literally can't be blocked, I mean, he just decided, I'm not going to be blocked. You can't block me. And they couldn't. They literally couldn't block him. Um, and I mean, if we're going to play like this and do those kinds of things all year, we're going to be in every football game that we play in. Okay, let's hit the pause button. Brian will revisit this topic when we get back from this short break. You're listening to the Powercat Post Game Review Podcast, sponsored by Caddyshack Golf. GoPowerCat.com's Powercat Podcast continues after this short break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC Studios. Welcome back to the Powercat Post Game Review Podcast, sponsored by Caddyshack Golf, Tim Fitzgerald, and GPC football analyst Brian Hanley going through Kansas State's 31-23 victory over Southern Illinois. And we're going to wrap up that discussion here in the first half of this portion of the podcast and then move on to some other topics, including what's going on around the Big 12. And uh, I'm anxious to get Brian's thoughts on all of that. We are sponsored by Caddyshack Golf, for K-Staters by K-Staters, Jack Jackets, hats, polos, t-shirts, and golf accessories. Caddyshack Golfwear, Caddy with two T's. Visit CaddyshackGolf.com. Use code GPC for free shipping on your next order. Well, let's talk about this defense a little bit more because, uh, man, I'm really intrigued by this three-man front. And they went exclusively to that against Southern Illinois, which surprised me. It, it did. And maybe they feel a greater comfort level in it. 
But here's my problem, and I think they're really good in it. Don't get me wrong. I, I think this defense works for how they want to defend and need to defend against teams like this. But the net effect is, for me, Cleed Duke's not on the field enough. Bronson Matthews not on the field enough. Nate nope. Matlack, who had a, a whiff sack uh, last night, did everything right except actually tackle the quarterback. Um, a freshman mistake. But he needs to be on the field more. And this is my problem, yeah. is, is you're pulling a – a defensive end off the field, which I think is the most, the deepest and most skilled area on the defense for another defensive back slash linebacker. And now you're putting a linebacker out there, which I think is the weakest group on the defense. That's my problem with it. I just am curious about your thoughts on um, getting too comfortable with the three man front when sometimes you need to flip it back to the four man just to kind of mix things up a little bit. Well, you know, and my thought is, is maybe it's going to be something to where we're doing this now and we're not going to do it in the future because we're going to run into some offensive lines that are going to eat the three-man line yeah. for breakfast. And, I mean, we're going to run into some offensive lines that are going to say, oh, you're going to do that? Well, we're going to check and we're going to run the football and we're going to run it down your throat. Or they're going to have their quarterback sitting back there for five or six seconds, just being able to pick up. Cause I don't care how many people you have back there. If you can't stop or if you can't get any kind of a pass rush, it isn't going to matter what kind, you know, what, what you're doing, how many people you have in the backfield. So they got to generate more of a pass rush. And so I, I, it can be good at times to, you can't go exclusively to, to a three man line. You just can't, you're not, you can't generate enough rush to help. You just can't do that unless you're dealing with our world defensive ends. Well, we're not dealing with that. So mm -hmm. you gotta, you gotta get your best guys out there and have them out there. And maybe they're just, you know, it's something that they're tinkering with early in the season to figure it out. But you can't, if you can't get a pass rush now, last week we did, uh, I'll give them credit. Last week we did You had guys on the field, but you got to get your best players on the field. I mean, that's what football is create matchups and you got to get your best guys out there to create mismatches. So you have to do that. So I don't know. I, I, I don't like it all that much, but I mean, I want it to be effective. Don't get me wrong. And it can be, but you got to get your best guys out there. And, and I feel like it's more effective if it's not the only thing you're doing. I mean, That's right. At some point, the people are going to start to figure it out. But I, I do want to say that they ended up with five sacks in this game. But a lot of that was because eventually, as the game wore on, they got SIU in a position where they had to throw. It took the run out of the game, and then the guys were just teeing off. And that's when that's right. That's when they really went to town on on the quarterback and and who's very good. Who it amazes me college football this was a hard shift in directions here college football just is incredible to me if you didn't put names or stickers on helmets and i compared the two teams between stanford and siu i would not see a whole lot of difference from a press box between those two teams nope now, absolutely not now field level i probably would see a significant difference in size and maybe some speed but siu came to town with a sense of self and an ability and a knowledge to know that they could win the game. And if yep. you have that, that's half the fight. Yep. They came in and knew what the plan came in knowing what they wanted to do. And we're doing that in the first half, you know, they, they came in and I mean, they don't have anything to be ashamed of. I mean, they, they came in and, and had a plan, put it together, played hard. A quarterback was light and I mean, just, head, shoulders, body better than the quarterback that we faced last week, both of them. And, you know, we were just able to get a rush. And once we were finally able to get a rush on him and, and consistently move him around, things change. But it, they were better, I mean, they were better prepared, it seemed like, than Stanford was, which is, is interesting with, like you mentioned, a David Shaw team. But it seemed like Southern Illinois was much better prepared for for the football game, what they were going to see and what they wanted to do. Um, they, that's At least that's what it seemed to me. They just came in, came in with a plan, executed, for the most part, what they were trying to get done. Now, four turnovers help. You know, to be able to do those kinds of things, but it seemed like they they just had a plan and that they got a lot of seniors. I mean, when you have that many seniors, I mean, you're going to be you're, you know you're going to have some poise to you. Chaos is the alley of the underdog. I mean, that game 
just kind of came off the rails with turnovers and weirdness. And that's exactly what an underdog wants. They want the ball in the field, opportunities to pick up the momentum. They got the momentum. I love momentum in football. It's just so amazing to watch a total game shift and, and and the crowd feels it and they're out of it. And, and they kind of, everyone kind of recovered at halftime. Um, I kind of felt like that was the bell, you know, K-State was on the ropes in the, the seventh round and they got the bell and they were able to get to their corner and regathered themselves and, and really come out and look like a more focused team. And, yeah. and, I, and I feel like the coaches took control at halftime and kind of put them back on track as best could, could be done. But it is worrisome and how fragile the team appeared when things didn't go well because things don't go well sometimes in football games. Well, sports is about overcoming adversity. Right. You're going to run into it at all times. And when you don't and you can't adjust to it, it causes problems. So you're exactly right. We can't be that fragile when adversity hits because it's going to hit, you know, and the only way you just have to fight through it. I mean, everything doesn't go to plan. I mean, every play is, is different. It's not going to go your way. You just got to be able to, to deal with the adversity and they, but it's difficult again, kind of what we talked about earlier, Tim is when your, your leader goes down and then your coach is crying about your leader. It's just, again, it's not a criticism, but it's hard for kids to to re, to respond. And, and getting in the locker room, if we, if we could have, if it was halftime right then, that would have been the best thing. Let's get in the locker room and let's figure this thing out right now. Exactly. You know, versus having to play another quarter and a half of football and just kind of being in a daze of your leaders. I mean, your two leaders just literally – you know, one can't come back and one is crumbled. It's tough to deal with. It's just tough to deal with. We've gone almost 30 minutes in a podcast without me saying the words Deuce Vaughn. And I apologize to everyone. Um, <laughs> 26 carries, 120 yards, three touchdowns, only a long of 16 yards. I thought SIU did a nice job of making sure the next level kept him contained. He'd get through yep. that first level and there was always a safety or a pursuing linebacker to get him to the ground. He averaged about four and a half yards of carry Joe Irvin at 5.9 Jakarta you at eight. They put the inverted diamond out there uh, for a few plays. I love that. It was effective yep. nearly every time they had a SIU caught on a little bit uh, with what they were doing with it. But I think getting those three running backs on the field together is really, really effective. And I hope they do a lot more of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Those guys are runners. Those guys are running backs. You know, there's a difference between just handing the ball off to a guy, but these guys are running backs. They know how they can set up blocks and read blocks, you know, and being able to see that, see them do that. Because like you said, it's not like we had, you know, 30 and 40-yard runs. It was just, hey, we're going to grind this thing out. Well, when you're grinding stuff out, obviously the offensive line is doing their job, but also running backs are seeing where things are happening. They're being able to anticipate where a block is coming, anticipate where the hole is going to be and just just doing your job just running the football and i thought they did a great job of that deuces i mean the guys in crow but all three of them i don't just don't want to single him out obviously he played great but all three of them they did their job they ran hard i mean it's we just if we're going to keep running if we're going to be able to run the football like this we're going to be a tough out for anybody I can tell you that right now. And I know that the second half, you know, we kind of just went to that exclusively for obvious reasons. But at the same time, if I mean, they knew we were going to run the football and they still couldn't stop it. We'll run into some tougher competition. But if we're going to be able to, to run the football like this, I'll take it. I think everybody will take it. My favorite thing was Jakarta, you're right, three carries for 24 yards. And one of the carries was for like a six-yard loss. Yep. So that means the other two carries were brilliant. Um, and and that play was nothing to do with him. It just wasn't blocked right. And, and the guy was on him as soon as he took the ball from Will Howard. The funniest thing, though, about this is I watched Jakarta, you're right, on the field in those formations. And I think, that's a big kid. He should be a fullback. He's six foot yes. two twenty. He's not yep. that big, or at six foot nope. two hundred. Excuse me. He's not that big. He's he's just standing next to Joe Irvin and Deuce Vaughn. He looks like a damn giant. <laughs> but I love him being out there with those guys because it changes the dynamic. Then handing it to the little shifty guy, or the little fast guy, you got someone that'll run over you. And I just yep. love having that dynamic with that trio in the backfield. 
it's going to make a difference down the road too. It's going to make a huge difference down the road to be able to to give it to shifty guys. And then I don't even know if you want to consider him necessarily a power back because, like you said, two hundred pounds as a running back is not necessarily a power back. But for what we're doing and for what we do. It is. And he, the guy can run the football. I'm, I'm excited to see him get more and more carries this year, because if he can get more and more carries, the better off we're going to be. I'm telling you now, I was telling people at the game, I'm like, all guys are running backs, but that guy is going to be a guy that we're going to have to get more carries in the football game. That doesn't take away anything from anybody else. It absolutely doesn't. I'm not even saying that he's the best running back that we have, because I don't believe that he is. But the more that we can get him on the football field, the more that we can get him involved, I think the better off that we're going to be as a team. I would agree. I I think they've got some tools there on the offensive side of the ball that they didn't show last year, didn't really have last year, and among them are Malik Knowles, who was present and accounted for in this game. Two huge catches from Skyler early in the game. Ends up more than 100 yards of receiving, and My favorite part of the game, though, when it came to Malik was when SIU was so scared of him on a kickoff, they chose to kick the ball to Phillip Brooks, who almost took it to the house. He was like one guy away from getting getting through that whole defense. And I'm like, that's a lot of respect for Malik Knowles when you choose to just kick it short to Phillip Brooks, because that wasn't a good decision (laughs) at all. No. Yeah, I, I mean, he played. I, I think he was set up to have a great game because SI in Southern Illinois, they had said those first two passes, he was it was one on one coverage, and I think he was set up to have a big game for what we were trying to do. And he made those two catches. It was one on one coverage early in the game, and I'm like, oh, well, they're just going to play a man to man like this. I'm like, they're not going to be able to cover him, and it, it, you know, things happen the way they happen, but. He's going to be a big part of our our offense. Malik Knowles is going to be a huge part of our offense. It seems like whatever happened last year was last year, and he is a totally different human being this year for not only good for himself, but for the football team in general. And it is good. It's really good to see because I saw he was out there blocking, throwing guys around on run plays, and I'm like, you know, guys are disgruntled and guys that are frustrated they don't do that right. as receivers. They don't do that when they're frustrated. They don't block. They just kind of walk around. He was out there throwing guys around 10, 15 yards down. I'm like, okay, this gets bought in. Whatever the issue was last year, it is clearly not the issue this year, and we need it. For the off week, I want Will Howard and Malik Knowles to become stepbrothers and just do everything together (laughs) and learn how to become best friends because they're on different pages on the field. And you can tell there's a little body language there. They have to get on the same page. If Will Howard's going to be quarterback, they better figure this out. And uh, I don't know what it takes. Maybe eat every meal together. Go, Go check out the latest Marvel movie. I don't know. I don't care. Figure this out and get on the same page. Mostly they need to get in practice and throw the ball to each other or Will to Malik in this case as much as possible because we need that connection to work and it's not fully functioning as of now. That's correct. Yeah, you can see that. Um, they're just going to have to put in. Look, it's part of this is going to be on the coaches, right? You know, you you, you got to get it. The the players got to get on the same page and, and that sort of thing. But part of this is going to be on the coaches to devise some stuff that is going to work. You know, for for both of them, let's get at their strengths, what they do best, and let's define, put some stuff in that's going to allow them to be at their best and do the things that we need them to do. Because you've got to be able to throw the ball down the field. We just have to. And I and I'm not talking about you know 30 and 40 yard bombs, but you got to be able to throw the ball 15 on a dig route, 15 yards down the field over the middle. You have to be able to do that in college football. So and 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 be successful and they just got to get on the same page got to get on the same page i think they will got a lot of time to do you know it's early you know but and let's just see what happens but so those are things that we're just going to have to work on we got to get better i mean you know the season is just starting we can get better too well, as we tape this, I haven't watched any Nevada this year, and I plan on doing that this week because I'm intrigued by this opponent. I think this is the best non-conference opponent on K-State's schedule, and I said that before the season started. I, I really like Nevada, and not maybe not the best team, but the most difficult matchup for K-State. I think they're going to really be a good cross between the physicality of 
Stanford and the kind of open offense we saw a little bit more of from Southern Illinois. Um, but what jumps out at me, and, and again, comparative scores is really difficult, particularly in college football. It doesn't always mean anything. We saw what Stanford did. But Nevada started their season by beating Cal, and Cal goes to right. TCU and nearly wins, probably played right. better than the Frogs uh, and and lost a close game. I'm really intrigued by Nevada. I'm looking forward to this game. I think now that we have the context of winning the first two games and how it went down, this becomes an enormous football game for Kansas State. Not just to win, but to do so with some confidence. Go Kind of go back to how they played against Stanford and be emphatic. Because if you're not emphatic and confident in the Big 12, what happened to K-State will happen again last year. I mean, they'll right. just spiral down. And with that said, Oklahoma State looks really vulnerable, and that's K-State's first Big 12 opponent. So I think this Nevada game's huge. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's a big game. Uh, good good opponent. Uh, I'm the same way. I haven't watched a lot of them, but I know what they do. And, you know, they're going to move. They're going to put the ball up in the air. You know, they're going to play aggressive. And we just have to – we're going to have to match it, you know. But I think that how you overcome some of that is you get physical and you run the football. And, I, I, you know, moving forward, it's going to be a necessity for us to be able to do that because of what some of the offenses do. And so we need to be able to control the clock. I think this is one of those games where we're going to need to do that. Um, but I believe in Nevada, kind of what you said, I believe that they are they're a very good football team that we are going to have to put our best foot forward to win this football game. Okay, a couple of other questions that I want to get your feelings on. Um Texas, first of all, showing uh, <laughs> the great football that Texas plays by losing horribly at Arkansas. As someone who lives in Texas, you find that more entertaining than even me, don't you? Oh, my goodness. I, I just I love it. I absolutely love it because, you know, they're they're let's just call it what they are. They're idiots down here. Yeah, they believe, you know, they, they think that Texas football is the greatest thing that's ever you know, that's ever happened. And I'm just like, look, if you in Arkansas, let's call it what it is. Arkansas is the bottom of the barrel of the SEC. They have been. I believe they're they're I believe they're getting better. You know, they got a new coach and, and they're getting better, but they're at the bottom of the barrel of the SEC. And I don't want to say, you know, that, that Texas all oh, they can't compete, but but can they? I mean, what I mean, they went there and got destroyed because the game wasn't even as close as what the final score was. You know, I happened to to stay up late and watch the rerun. They got crushed. And I'm like, Oh man. So, and I know they're starting a new program too. And they are, you know, they got a new coach and he's doing things differently. So it is what it is. But I just, I just find it funny that, that they just believe that they're so much better than what they really are. I know I've never been around outside of Cowboys fans, which ironically is here too. But I just, I've never dealt with people who believe that they're so much better than what they actually are. I'm like, man, this is crazy. And, And not just better at football than they are better than you. They truly believe that in their core. (laughs) And I I just love that they're suffering. I love that Arkansas, on their official football account, put put out a huge uh, horns-down tweet, like showing players and fans all horns-downing. And I'm like, yeah, you know how the Big 12 protected your little feelings about that? It ain't happening. It ain't happening in the SEC. Get ready to be horns-down till your head explodes. Oh, Item man. two, as Texas falls out of the rankings, which they never belonged to be in because I don't think they deserved it. But, okay, you put them in the rankings. Now they're out. I get it. Cincinnati's in the top ten. BYU had a huge win against Utah last night. They now have two Pac-12 wins. Central Florida is ranked essentially 26th. They're the first ones out of the AP poll. And... Um, in Houston, I'm just calling Red KU. I'm just going to call them Red KU until they really get rolling. Uh, but uh, it looks like these additions to the conference are really, really going to help. And I'm excited about it. What are your feelings? I think it's great, Tim. I, I, I was one of those people who thought they should have expanded previously when they had the opportunity before. And I know what happened and I know who got in the way and all that stuff. So I get that part of it. But, you know, I think it's 
absolutely great. These programs have have been good at you know for the last several years. You know, and and it's fine that they weren't playing the greatest competition. You know, week in and week out, and that's fine. And you can say what you want, but these programs are good. I mean, they get in these ball games and they compete. So, I, I, you know, and we're expanding the brand. I mean. I, just think about going to Ohio. Ohio plays outstanding high school football. I mean, outside of California, Texas, and Florida, Ohio is right there when it comes to high school football. So getting your footprint there is going to help. Um, Florida, obviously, for obvious reasons, is going to help. I mean, it's just these programs are good. I'm excited for the future. I really am. Houston, eh, you know, they had their flash, and I believe that flash is long over. But we'll, we'll see what happens, you know. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens. But I, I'm definitely excited. I mean, and BYU is BYU. You know, they're, they're going to bring their own brand uh, to the Big 12. So, And I, I'll be the first to admit I was wrong. Because I thought the Big 12 was finished. I thought it was finished. I didn't talk to anybody. But I just thought, you know what? They're, they're, they didn't expand when they had the opportunity. I yep. just thought there were some behind the scenes that were going to get in the way. You know, this ESPN and all this behind the scenes stuff. I thought they were trying to get rid of the Big 12. But turns out we survived and... I, I think it's a bright future. I agree. And I just think it's interesting. If they had gone to 12 back in 2010 or 11, whenever that was, um, 12, I can't remember, but you know, 10 years ago, roughly. And they had Cincinnati and Louisville on hook to be numbers 11 and 12. And Texas said, no, we're good at 10. We we, yep. we want to have our thumb on this conference. So you guys can't grow anymore. We're looking out for your best interests, like yep. you know, a, a typical monarch would do. Um, and if they had added those two schools, this conference would be in a totally different context today. They might be adding Central Florida and BYU or Houston with this round, but nobody would be talking about the conference collapsing, being weak. And again, nope. it was all because of Texas. They wouldn't let the conference expand. They didn't want it to be healthy and independent of Texas. It's always about Texas. And I'm, I'm glad it, it's financially, it sucks for the Big 12 and for Kansas State, but I'm glad to be free of them. Yeah. You know, have fun, yeah, SEC. Absolutely. But you know what? It'll suck for a little while financially, but sooner or later, when the good football starts getting played year in and year out, that's right. It's going to change. So for a little while, yes, it'll take a little bit of a hit. But once this football and it starts building, it's going to change and the contracts are going to change and all that will be for the best. And we will be rid of the Texas. And you know, and I'm a person, and I think it's because my dad was a diehard OU fan. I don't like that OU left because I, I think I mean, OU, now I don't have the feelings that I do about OU that I do about Texas. I just don't. I think te- OU kind of got on the coattails of Texas and left, but I just don't have those same feelings. But Texas can go. They can take everything and think that you are better than everybody, think that your team is better. You can go and do all of that and just go away. And I think the conference is in much better shape, Tim, than with just give it a little time. It doesn't have to be better tomorrow, but in two or three years, it will be better for not having Texas a part of it. I promise people it will be. The biggest thing that weaken the – Big 12 in the eyes of the nation of college football in the last month was what Iowa State did against Iowa. That oh, not, not Texas and Oklahoma leaving. That was awful. And yeah. I'm I'm always been a little hesitant on Matt Campbell. I just think there's something missing from the formula up there and it got exposed a little bit by Iowa. We'll see how they do going forward. They go to UNLV, which is going to be fascinating because I understand there's going to be about 40,000 Iowa State fans in Las Vegas. That is a wonderful uh, thing to see. That would be one of the more fascinating cultural experiences to have the Bush Light drinkers invading the Strip. It's going to be very fun. Then they go to Baylor and open up. They play host to Kansas, and they get Kansas State and Manhattan. Uh, I think they – this could get interesting for them. They could be in a little bit of trouble yeah. because their bubble, they didn't just lose. Their bubble got blown up by Iowa. Well, how many times are we going to say every year? How often are we going to keep saying that Iowa State's supposed to be this, supposed to be that? They're going to be this. They're going to be that. Yep. And then they fall flat on their face. 
I mean, it, it, I mean, I, I'm tired of talking about it. Look, either you show up or stop talking about it. You know, you, you, I just can't get past the, how good you're supposed to be. And then you never show up to be that good. And the, kind of the Texas thing. Now, granted, it's on a totally different level. But can they ever get past it? I mean, I, can, I mean, and it's kind of what you said about the coach. I'm like, okay, he's supposed to be this hot coach and the, the, the next big thing. Well, when are you going to win on the, on, the, on the top level to be the next big thing? You can't just be talking about it. At some point, you got to do it. And they haven't done it. And I don't know that they're ever going to do it. I mean, it kind of is what it is. And Iowa beat them up. Again, that was a game I watched this morning, watched the replay. I mean, Iowa beat them up physically. I mean, the quarterback played horrible. And we'll see what happens. I think K-State, I mean, to bring it back to K-State, I think we have we can position ourselves in a good position for the conference to win in the conference. But at the same time, you're right. The conference took a huge hit by just getting embarrassed. I mean, that was an embarrassment game. Hey, and it started – on game day, I mean, Lee Corso basically embarrassed him just by talking about him. It was ridiculous. It was crazy. Yep, yep. I, I hate to see it. I, I vowed, Brian, to root for the remaining eight, to support them as best I could in these uh, difficult times. And yet I still <laughs> need to make fun of Iowa State. I still have to. Brian, thank you very much. Tomorrow uh, at GoPowerCat.com, we'll have more coverage of this victory by Kansas State, but we'll slowly start to shift our gears over to Nevada and make sure you check out Tuesday's post-pregame press conference walk and talk. That is hard to get out as we uh, cover K-State sports a little bit different than everyone else. Brian Hanley is our football analyst at Go Cat, and thank you very much, Brian. Get back to your Sunday activities, which probably include watching football. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> that will do it for this edition of the PowerCat Post Game Review Podcast, sponsored by Caddyshack Golf. Make sure you're subscribing to GoPowerCat.com if you're a K-State fan. If you're really into realignment and all of those things, make sure you follow along. You might even want to subscribe to our GoPowerCat YouTube channel as we put up all of our daily deliveries there, along with on our website. Thank you for listening to the Post Game Review, and as I mentioned, we are sponsored by Caddyshack Golf, from the golf course to the tail Gates, show your purple pride all week long. Caddyshack Golfware, Caddy with two T's. Visit CaddyshackGolf.com. We'll be back next week with more podcasts. And on Thursday, we will drop our pregame podcast of K-State Nevada. And then on Sunday slash Monday, we will have another postgame review brought to you by Caddyshack Golf. Thank you for listening to the Power Cat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.